What's that? What's that saying? She's a, she's a first lady in public and a freak in the bed. Right. Uh, so uh, I'm seven six, but I'm fifteen in the bed. <laughs> all that all night long. I don't know if that's good or bad. What? I'm on a journey to discover, uncover, and recover love. Now, as a national playwright, I've penned dozens of shows about relationships. As a filmmaker, I've documented the most beautiful committal of lovers at weddings. And as a divorcee, I know firsthand the brevity of marriage and the pain of its loss. I'm the Terrasaur Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, the Terrasaur Whitfield. I wonder what makes a marriage work? With marriages at an astounding 50% failure rate, how is it that some couples manage to stay married 20, 30, or even 40 years? Joining us today is a dynamic couple. I've been friends with the husband for over 17 years. He's a former lead singer of the R&B group Tower of Power and has had a very successful career as a solo artist. His biggest hit was penned in 1978, the year that I was born. You know what? Let's just call this episode, Cause I Love You. Welcome to the show, Lenny Williams and his amazing wife, Deborah Williams. How you doing, Miss Williams? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, this podcast is all about keeping it lit. That means living intentionally and transparently. So on this podcast, we want 100% authenticity. We want you to just keep it real. So y'all been married for 37 years. So tell me, how did y'all meet? 37, 43 years together. 43 years together. <laughs> Yeah, we met. Yeah, we met at the bank. Um, I was a teller at a bank, and Lenny was a client of the bank. And um, everybody knew who he was when he walked into the bank. Really, honestly, I had no idea who he was. And he would come in flirting all the time, and he would make <laughs> me really nervous. He'll make you nervous. Um, one night when I was counting out my till at the bank at the end of the day. I noticed that I was short. You have to balance. And I didn't balance. And so I figured, you know what? He comes in here all the time flirting with me. I'm sure that I probably got so nervous that I gave him back too much money. So let me call him. So I called him and I said, Mr. Williams, you know, it's Debbie from the bank. And I'm just wondering if I overpaid you. So, of course, he said no. I can't remember if I ever balanced or not. But after that, um, he would come in and he would invite me to his shows. And um, I would never go to the show. But one time it was my birthday and something had came up and I really wanted to go out really bad. So I went to his show and he rolled out the red carpet. And from and, the, the and, rest is history. And then uh, <laughs> so it was her birthday. I didn't really know her that well. Yeah. Just at the bank, right? So I, I was getting ready. We took a break. And I was going to the dressing room. She was sitting right there by the dressing room. So I said, oh, happy birthday. And I went to give her a peck. You know, really? just on a little lift or something like that. And the next thing I know, she stuck her tongue all the way down my throat. And I went to the dressing room. I told everybody, I said, oh, that's mine now. You know, yes, yes. See, we have two. The, the versions vary. The, ver you know? the versions vary. I did kiss him. Was it a tongue kiss? Was it a tongue kiss? It was a tongue kiss. Okay, see, so 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 what what was different in the story then? Well, he likes to tell people that I stuck my tongue so far down his throat that he couldn't finish his show. <laughs> yeah, they had to call uh, the, the throat, your nose and throat doctors right there. <laughs> help me out. Right. To help you out. And so how long did y'all date before 
let me ask you, Lenny, what made you say, this is someone I want to choose as my wifey? Well, we went together for a long time, like six years, six years. Mm -hmm. And then uh, she was getting, uh, what, antsy or yeah. frustrated or whatever. And then, uh, so I just came home one night and I just said, let's go get married tomorrow. Let's go get, let's go to Reno tomorrow and get married. That's what you did. Mm -hmm. So, uh, she said, okay. And we just jumped in the car and drove up there and, and, and then, uh, we went by ourselves and we went to this little chapel in Nevada. You can go up there and get married. Yeah. And uh, so we went up there and then she had to go to, to the ladies room to powder her face and everything. And she told the, 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 the man who was presiding, and she said, don't let him go anywhere. Lock <laughs> the door, because she thought I was going to change my mind. And, uh, and so we went on and jumped the broom. People always ask us, what's the secret of our longevity? Yeah. And the secret to longevity, there's no secret. You have to just want it. Yeah. We want it to be together, no matter what. I mean, he's made mistakes. I've made mistakes. I mean, there's days that he got on my nerves so bad that I wish he would go away. And, and, and ditto. Yeah. Each other, and we, we wanted to do life together. So no matter what um, the devil threw at us, we were determined that we were going to get through it somehow, you know, by the grace of God. And I think now people just give up too early, number one. And, um, and then also number two is um, it seems that people are afraid of commitment. Yes. Yes. You know, they would rather live together because you could walk away anytime that you want. Yes. Well, when you're married, it's a little bit more difficult. That's just my opinion. What do you think, Lenny? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that basically what she said is uh, right on. I think that basically you have to make a commitment and you just have to say, I'm going to stay in this marriage and it's only certain things that would cause me to, to lead the marriage. And so right now, I think in this day and time, uh, if someone was living a type, if your partner was living a type of lifestyle mm -hmm. that would... Uh, cause you to become uh, infected with HIV yeah. or anything like that, that would be, hey, I got to go. Or abuse. Yeah. Well, no, you know, you, I've been abused. <laughs> I've been used and I've been abused, yeah. He loves to tell jokes. <laughs> Remember that night we were talking about how I did when I came home that time and, and you said, uh, you, what, you, you remember? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and one night I came home and, and she wanted to, to get real close to me. Uh -huh. She wanted to have sex and I didn't want to. Leonard. Remember? Oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, I don't feel like it. And she's like, oh, you're going to have sex with me. And, uh, and uh, just started a, you started a big fight, right? And she's she going to charge me. And just, like, she's going to take it. Right? She's going to take it. You felt violated, didn't you, Lenny? I can't believe you. And so, <laughs> keep pinching me right now. We he keep it like, lit on here, Miss Miss Williams. But then I was like, I mean, she was like, like, like she's gonna take it, right? Tell <laughs> why. Why? Because I was testing you to see where you have been and what you have been doing. Uh, talk oh. about it. Huh? I said, talk about it. Yeah. So then, so then, I'm I'm trying to fend her off and everything. So then she charged me, right? He just charged me. So I put my, I just put my hand up like, stop, you know, and she ran into my hand. Oh, you hit me. And I said, I didn't hit you. I just did like that. So then 
I had to leave the house for about a couple of hours and come on back and it's all good. Yes. And, and then you gave it to her and it was all fine. And you gave it to her and it was all fine at that point. This is transparency for yeah. real. Yeah, that's what we do here. No, I, I think I put, she was on punishment for it. <laughs> he grounded you. Huh, yeah, yeah. Williams, he grounded you. I don't remember all that. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's just my uh, one incident of incident of being abused. Of being abused. What was the? Um, we say these wonderful vows when we get married, for richer or poor, uh, through sickness and health, um, for better or worse. What part of those vows do you want to touch on that it got hard for you? Did y'all ha- have any sickness and health in y'all's marriage? Did y'all have any uh, for better or worse or for uh, richer or poor, those moments where y'all just wrote it out and committed to each other? If we had richer or poor. Definitely. Uh, definitely. Uh, because it was interesting when we, it seemed like when we got married, all of a sudden my record company dropped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of a sudden, just like my gigs just dried up. Yeah, yeah. And like, okay. And I had been married previously as I had uh, kids that, uh, that were minor mm-hmm. and I had to take care of them. And so uh, just trying to spread the money around. And we had a daughter by then. And then we had a daughter by then too. And so trying to spread the money around uh, was uh, a little difficult. Yeah. And, uh, so uh, we had we had some financial challenges, and then it was it wasn't like we were poor because you know I I came into the marriage I had property yeah uh, you know but I was like I don't want to sell my property because I want to keep that until I get old and that can take care of me so but but I would I didn't have a lot of money coming in I had some money in the bank but I tell you a hundred a hundred and fifty two hundred thousand dollars can disappear. Real quick, yeah. if you go to the bank once a week to just support yourself and nothing else ain't coming in. Yes, yes, been there. It was difficult, you know. Yeah. It was difficult, and we had a strain on our marriage. Yeah, we separated. We separated, we separated right? one we time. Se- we separated one time, mm-hmm. and then how uh, long was the separation? Well, it was a serious separation, and we thought it was the end. Because we couldn't agree on things. And we could we filed for divorce. Yeah. We filed for divorce and we got down to the day we were supposed to go in for settlement and sign the papers mm-hmm. and everything like that. And then uh we just had a change of heart. What made it change? Now that's the that's the key part. What did you see in him that you said, I don't want to let go of, I wanna I feel like we can get through this. And what did you see in her where you said, listen? This is who I believe that God brought into my life to rock with until death do us part. What happened? What was that moment? Well, I think for me, it was um, that we couldn't agree on how things are supposed to be done. But and I saw it one way. I saw it as Lenny being selfish. Yeah. And then later, you know, he didn't want to, but he was willing to make concessions, which I really you know, I respect, I respected that, that it wasn't something that he wanted to do, but he wanted the marriage enough to where he would make those, those compromises. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to me, that was it. And plus on top of the fact that, um, brother was walking around looking like he was on crack. He was, he wasn't doing so well. <laughs> he was bad? in bad shape, you know? And so what do you mean? 
I mean, you know, like I was sad. You were sad, and you you had lost weight, and your hair was falling out. And... <laughs> yeah, but it was really interesting because I at that time I went and got a job uh, working for a nonprofit, uh, and uh, we were working with probation in San Francisco. So I would do drug diversion and, and work with young gangs. That's good, that, right? And so there was a uh, psychologist that worked there. And so I was talking to her one day and I was telling her about my situation. And I said, my wife wants me to sell a piece of property. Lenny, uh, you so scared of being poor again that you're not willing to uh, take a chance and roll the dice. Mm-hmm. And she said, and she said, so that's good. My, from my point of view, I would say sell the house if you want your mat and, 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 and buy a house with her name on it. And if, 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 the, if she means that much to you and she says, and so more than likely you're not going to be poor again, but if you are, she said, you've got something in you that you're going to be able to rebound and come back. 100%. And so then I, I sold the house and we bought, we bought a house uh, together. And then uh, Debbie had started going to church and I had stopped going to church, you know? And so then I went to church one Sunday and then uh, they was, Said I, I went and got baptized and everything. I think I said, I'm gonna get her back. I did a mess. Okay. I, 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 I said, I wanna get baptized. <laughs> Next week, brother. No, I wanna get baptized right, right now. now. <laughs> right, right. Went up there and got dipped in that water. And I think that night we went home and and celebrated my, my salvation. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go test an degree on something, huh? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so what was it about her that you said I can't let her go? And she was very smart, very intelligent, uh, and uh, you know, and she meant the world to me. And I just didn't want to, uh, you know. I, mean, I had quit girlfriends before, you know, and so I knew that that was in me. I had gotten a divorce before, and I knew that I, you know, that I could walk away, but it was just something. It was just something there that just wouldn't let me do that, you know. And uh, I, and I guess you know I can deduce that that was love or or or, or a certain need that she fulfilled in me that uh, that made me say, okay, I'm gonna throw caution to the wind, and I'm gonna go ahead and uh, and do do the right thing. That was the nicest thing you said on this interview. Really. Mm-hmm. Something bad? Yeah, you said a couple of things bad, but we'll discuss that later. Oh, that abuse, all right, hey, that abuse, right? Check on me in about an hour. I'll check on you in an hour. So listen, so how do you feel about that? He says something in you that that he knew he just couldn't let go of, that he had girlfriends before, he's walked away from a marriage before, but you, he just couldn't walk away from. Did you feel like that when he made the decision to stay? When he made a decision to stay, he didn't ever want to leave. Oh, really? I was the divorce. Okay. But um, I did. I saw that. You know, I saw that. And then I had a very um, wise mother. Um, God bless her soul. We, our family was <clears throat> intact, and we were all very close. And my mother, I used to go to my mother and talk about our relationship. And my mother always said to me, um, I can't make a decision for you. It's your decision. But I know that your husband loves you. That's good. And my dad always told me, um, my dad, he said, stay with your husband. Your husband loves you. My dad told me that on on his deathbed. He had a a word for all of us as he was dying. And his word to me was, 
stay with my husband because my husband loves me and he'll take care of me. At what age were, I mean, how long had y'all been married when your father passed? Uh, we had been married for about five years, about five years. And your father said, he's, now that's something powerful. When a man looks at another man and knows that they love their daughter, that's, that's priceless. How much weight did that have on you on uh, listening to those words this day? It, it, everything. It's 100% because I knew that my parents loved me unconditionally. There was no doubt in my mind about how much my parents loved me. And for my dad to see that and for my dad to say that, um, my dad saw something that maybe I wasn't seeing at the time. And that, and that was before we even separated, but I often think about that. I still think about that today when he gets on my nerves. <laughs> you just said something that I didn't understand. You said it was 100% what your mom and dad said to make you stay, right? No, I said it was 100%. I believed in what they oh, said. Because I was going to say all that uh, bedroom work I was doing, that that, that didn't have no work. Uh, <laughs> but to answer your question, no, that didn't. That, that, the bedroom work didn't. That bedroom work didn't. That, was, <laughs> that didn't make you stay? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she said you got to do more than that. Yeah, right. Her nose going, yeah. <laughs> See how much he likes to play? This is all day, every day. <laughs> it can be so annoying. <laughs> Not just that saying about something in the kitchen, but a freak in the bed. Yeah, oh. yeah. Right. What's that, what's that saying? She's a, she's a first lady in public and a freak in the bed. Right. Uh, so uh, I'm 76, but I'm 15 in the bed. <laughs> all, that, all night long. I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, what? 15 in the bed. Well, you know, you, got, said you got some stamina. But but you don't know how to control yourself either. That's beside the point. <laughs> I mean, it's like you don't know how to you don't know how to make it last. You just like oof. Like a six minute man. Like yeah. A one minute man. Yeah. And that's a lot. <laughs> oh, we finna fight now. <laughs> no, I'm saying that's how a fifteen year old fifteen year old boy go. Not you. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a mature fifteen year old. <laughs> you're twenty you're a twenty eight year old. No, because when I was 15, I had a girlfriend that was oh, grown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the house, and the lady down. Baby, you're getting off subject. Okay, we'll get off the subject. Right? Yeah, so, <laughs> so, t- so y'all have a nine-year difference. Um, so, like, uh, yes. Uh-huh. How many kids do y'all have between the two of y'all? One. You have one between, and then mm-hmm. and, and together as uh, co-parents, how many y'all have? Five. You have five. So, six. Six? Yeah. You have any grandkids? Yes, uh-huh, yeah, uh, 12. 12 grandchildren. I saw an article um, that Steve Harvey said um, about how you, the two of you went and thanked him um, for playing the song Because I Love You during the Kings of Comedy Tour. Tell us a little bit about that and why that was so impactful for y'all's life. Well, for number one, Lenny spoke about earlier how when we got married, his career kind of dried up. And when Steve Harvey did the Kings of Comedy, it was it was like a shot in the arm. Um, Lenny's career just exploded again, you know. So that was we're real thankful for that. And um, Steve is a nice guy. We like him a lot. We have a lot of respect for him. And um, he helped uh, Lenny to send three kids to college. Yeah, our daughter and. Two of his other daughters, 
um, to college. So, I mean, he just kind of brought us out of what we were going through. Yeah, at that time, uh, when Kings of Comedy came out, we had three daughters in college. And, uh, and, and our daughter wound up going to a Ivy League school, which was costing $65,000 a year. And that was just for, you know, just to get in. And then you had books. And then she was going to school with uh, uh, Tom Hanks' daughter and uh, Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Jackson's daughter. And on the weekends, they going up to, oh, we're going to fly to Puerto Rico. So it's like, okay, you put her in that position. She got to fly to Puerto Rico. Yeah, we yeah. Rico for the weekend. And, you know, so all that. My other daughters were in college uh, in, in uh, California. She was in New York and just trying to take care of all of them, everybody living in dormitories and then getting their own apartments. Yeah. And so Kings of Comedy came out and uh, then my phone just started ringing. And so, and then I started, uh, then, you know, then Kanye West sampled, you know, it was kind of like a domino effect. Then Kanye West and Twister sampled me and then the money just started rolling in. It was like money just... That's too much money, Lord. You know, my cup was running over. Running it's like, over. come on, somebody. And but, then you called. Uh, yeah. then, then I got in and played with uh, David Talberton and you. And, and it was just like, just blessings, blessings, blessings. I was like, yeah, my cup was just, uh, well, our cup was just overflowing, you know. So, yeah, so we have a lot of respect for, for Steve. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so he just kind of like was, uh, you know, God kind of used him as the catalyst, the catalyst yeah, to, to get the, the ball rolling and then it just, you know, it's, it's still rolling. Yeah. But listen to this, like what people see the success, but what type of prayers did y'all pray? Were y'all like in that midst of those trenches and those hard times? Did y'all ever come together as a husband and wife and say, hey, listen, I mean, we're trying to ration out our money. Let's pray. Let's figure out something. Hey, baby, you may have to go get a, a, a second job or what? What were those conversations like behind the scenes? Well, I've been doing music since, uh, exclusively since 1972 and so I, that's that's all i did and so then i then i hit this bam this the red light came on and then it was like mm-hmm. no music it's it just not happening right right and so i remember saying i wanted to get a job mm-hmm. and so I, I went to albertson which was a grocery store yeah, i know we got them down here Wanna, uh, get a job, said, Oh, you could be a cashier. And I was like, I don't want to be a cashier because I don't want nobody to see me, yeah, right? Yeah. Janitor, and I want to work at night. Nobody in the store but me and whoever's stocking. And I'm going in, my name's Leonard Williams, and bang, you know what I mean? Yeah. And everything was all good for about two weeks. Then all of a sudden, all the big grocery store chains decided they're going to stay open for 24 hours, right? So one morning, about six o'clock, I'm walking down the aisle. With your broom. With my broom. <laughs> and who do I see but somebody that I graduated from high school with, you know, and I turned around and I went the other way and then I, they didn't see me and then I, I quit. You quit. I just okay. quit. I had to come home and tell my wife, you know what I mean, that, you know, so the next morning it's time to go to work and then I ain't getting up. She's like, well, you, you think you're going to work? I said, oh, I quit, you know, and then. Of course, you know, she, she didn't like that. And uh, I understood. You understood? I respected that. It didn't sound like it to me, though. <laughs> what were you doing at the time, Miss Williams? Um, I've always had um, a lucrative career. Um, at that time, I think I was, I was uh, in HR for Safeway Stores. Mm-hmm. And then I left there and I went to hospitality. Um, sales and marketing in uh, hospitality. 
So I've always had a job. Yeah, see, she was working. She had she was making that money. But how were y'all living then? Y'all had a nice house and all that type of stuff. We had a nice apartment. Then that was a that was an issue with her. She's like, okay, you sitting down all this money, all, all these houses, and you got real estate properties, but you live in an apartment. Real estate, you know what I mean? Down in Silicon Valley, you know, you know, right down the street from Google and all this oh, other kind of some good stuff. You still got that? Yes, and uh, and so she's like. Uh, but we live in an apartment. You're not making the, you know, you're not making any money. You, you could sell one of those houses or, or whatever. And and so we had, you know, we had a point of contention about it. But I'm saying, well, we need to hold on to that because if we don't, if we sell it now, or if I go get a loan on it, I got to pay it back. And if I can't pay it back, then don't lose it. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this as a period of suffering. Being married to a musician is a whole different life. It's it's unlike being married to anyone else, I think, because they get a lot of attention. There's a lot of temptation. Yep. Um, there's a, a lot of disrespect for yep. the wives um, by their audience and their fans sometimes. So what, hold on, let's talk about that. What's the most disrespectful thing that an audience member or fan do in front of you to your husband? Well, I think probably the dis most disrespectful, well, there's been a lot, but the one that um, comes to the uh, forefront right now is the woman that asked me if she could take a picture um, with him. And um, the next thing I know, she was sitting in his lap. What's wrong with that? Santa Claus get to have people sit. So, but there's been, you know, there's been a lot of occasions yeah. and there's been a lot of things, but that's the one that I can, I can remember what right now. What did you do in that moment? Uh, asked her to get up. You just said, you just walked over and said, hey, can you please get up? It was real nice and sweet and docile. No, it wasn't like that, but, you know, Lenny knows when I give him that eye that you know, things have gone too far, you know, so he's really good at reading but, me now. Do you like to sit in my lap? I'm your wife. Do you like to sit in my lap? No. You don't? No. Yes, you do. <laughs> okay. Why wouldn't somebody else want to sit in my lap? I work with Lenny. Uh, one thing that I can say, uh, working with him, those I think I, we toured together about two years on one show, another a uh, few mm -hmm. weeks on another show, but he's very respectful. That's one thing that that's the reason why I want to actually speak to you is because on the road, he was extremely respectful to women. So he's really disciplined. And that's one thing that I learned as a young person. I was like, I want to be disciplined like that because when I looked at Lenny, I saw longevity. Uh, and, and so I, it's no surprise to me that when you see longevity and just discipline as a man and longevity and career and then longevity in marriage it's all that's one thing that I learned is that if you can be disciplined in one area, you can actually be disciplined in, in a lot of different areas. I love the fact that I can depend on him. That's good. You know, I can depend on him. You, I, I can walk outside right now and find somebody you feel you with, but I'm not going to find anybody that I can depend on when I'm having bad days to lift me up. I can't, I'm not going to be able to find that person might not pray with me when I need prayer. We pray together a lot and we definitely pray when Lenny gets ready to leave every week when he gets ready to leave but it, it's dependability is not all monetary is mentally of course it's it's physically um and it's emotionally there's a lot that goes into that and so he I can dependability means that what 
whatever the situation is and whatever it is that I need, he's going to try to provide it for me. There it is. So, you know, it's not about that. And then after being married, let me just throw this in. After being married for, you know, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40 years, um, intimacy is, is not really way up at the high at the priority list anymore. Right. For you. Because you know why? Because the relationship, um, it, it means more than that. Right. You know, more, there's more that connects us than that. We, we have a history. I know things about him that no one else knows. Exactly. Not even my children. He knows things about me no one else knows, not even our children. So it's, it's something that just connects us. I mean, he's my, he, he's annoying as heck, but he's my best friend. Exactly. He's yeah. always there. So. So what do you think is missing? So in, in today's marriages, is it just because they don't, and we don't, I, I got divorced after being married almost 10 years, two weeks shy from 10 years, I got divorced. Um, but is it because we don't stick it out through those rough times to get to that cleaving moment that what the Bible talks about where we, be, where we truly become one flesh? What year was it when you said we about to file for divorce? What year was that? That was in, um, let me see. Yes. That was uh, like year nine. Was nine? Yeah, I think it was like year nine. And so year nine, uh, y'all decided, hey, we tried it, Daddy. I heard what you said, Mom. I heard what you said, but this is the life that I'm living. I'm ready to walk away. And like you said, you filed. No, I wanted to make a point. You know, I wanted to make a point because, like Lenny said, I was going to work every day. I had a very lucrative career, but I was paying rent. I had nothing to show for it. And Lenny had all these houses, and he was, you know, it was like I felt like. I felt like I was being taken for granted because we didn't have anything together. Okay, you know, I see. he had his little basket of stuff and then we were renting and we were also struggling. And I felt like that if he truly loved me, he would do what he did. Yeah. He would make a concession. So I was sending a message to him and Thank God he heard it. I didn't really want to get divorced. I still loved him. Yeah. I just, I felt like I was being taken for granted. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was being treated fairly. What is the advice that you would give me as I continue on my journey to find my wife? Marriage is, 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 is an interesting thing. I was just reading the other day where uh, Tom Brady said that his wife, Giselle, I think it was 10 years ago or was or was dissatisfied in their marriage. And I was like, wow, you know what I mean? You, you got this husband that's, you know, good looking and she's beautiful too, you know, great. But he's wealthy and, you know, and I haven't heard any scandals or anything. So it's like, what could, what could be going on? So, I don't know. I, th I think it's just the chemistry. You know, I think understand how a person feels about saving and spending and uh, planning. And then I think, you know, uh, then basically, uh, you know, even understanding spirituality, but there's a lot of divorces in church sure right is. now. 50% too. Well, I, don't know what I, you think. I think that um, a lot of people look for the perfect person. You're not perfect. You're not going to find anybody that's perfect. Totally. 
But if you find someone that your soul connects with, you have to share the same values. They might not have everything you think that they should have. They might not dress the way you think they should dress. They may not comb their hair the way that you think that they should comb their hair. But if you have something to work with, work with it. When I met my husband, he had a pompadour. And he had on a he would wear a three-piece suit and he'd have every piece buttoned up. Now, he doesn't wear the pompadour anymore. Yep. He's a very stylish dresser. Yeah. So I looked at him and said, Oh, I don't like pompadours and I don't like guys that, you know, look a certain way in their clothes. We probably wouldn't be together. People are so superficial. That's good. You know, they don't they don't put in the work. You know, they don't want to put in the work. So I think that that's what's really important. That's but I'm going to it just won't go. If it could, yeah. You, you got to pop a door back. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> well, listen, it was a pleasure speaking with y'all. Thank y'all so much for ble- uh, blessing the listeners on our Dear Future Wifey podcast. Y'all are so great. I can see why y'all stay together for so long. Give it up for the <laughs> Huh? I got a little cousin that I can introduce you to. A little cousin having us so much and you know, we'll be praying for you that you know that you'll find your help me thank you so much Lenny is a nut right yeah that's my boy you know what I love to see is how opposites attract but yet they're able to bring out the best in each other and that's what I see exemplified in the Williamses and I can see how they managed to stay married for so long in such a thriving uh, relationship and marriage Now, please indulge me for a moment as I manifest long-lasting love into my future. Dear future wifey, imagine us at the most luxurious wedding reception. I reach over and delicately grab the hand that beholds the five-carat diamond investment I deposited into our forever. You gaze into my eyes and answer my touch with a smile. Wedded bliss. However, this is not our wedding. We stare at the dance floor as we await our granddaughter's first dance with her freshly married husband. This is legacy. The music begins. They lock hands and bask in the beauty of their nuptials. Before they can even hit their first dance step, you and I are whisked away in flashbacks of our 40 plus years of marriage together. We stayed together. We grew old together. We're still in love together. Physically, we're not as strong as we used to be, so we've opted to stay seated most of the night. But our love is stronger than ever, tried, tested, and proven. It's like an angel whispers in the DJ's ear because he plays our favorite song. Our love fuels our feeble bodies to stand and share a dance with one another. We dance on our love. We celebrate our love. Our family has grown from our love. Your future hubby. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.